0: Welcome to the United Church of Hinesburg podcast on the third Sunday of Easter, 2020. We are a community-centered church in rural Vermont, celebrating together virtually during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. As an open and affirming church with ties to the American Baptist, United Methodist and United Church of Christ denominations, we're glad you're here. I am Reverend Jared Hamilton, the pastor of the United Church of Hinesburg and your host. For this episode, Sammy Angstman has provided us with two hymns and Mendelssohn's song without words in A major. Special thanks go to Katie Ash for our Gospel reading, which comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. There will be a short homily and service of morning prayers. Let's get started.
1: for the third Sunday of Easter is Luke chapter 24 verses 13 to 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place here in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God in all the people Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe that all the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures.
0: I've been missing people a lot this week. I've noticed this as I lingered on a video call with my family in Ohio, never quite ready to hang up. I've been on the phone a lot with folks from our church and other churches this week too. I even reconnected with a childhood friend, one that I hadn't spoken to for a few years, having two long conversations on consecutive days. And I've missed the kids and parents and our youth program and our times together. One of the things I miss about the youth program at the United Church of Heinsberg is the epic meals we make together whenever we are in session. An old adage of youth programming is that if you feed them, they will come. I found that if we make the food together as a group, we also have better conversations, and young people, who can sometimes be picky eaters, are more willing to extend their palates. On Sunday evenings, the parish hall is filled with talking, chopping, movement, and wonderful smells like sautéing garlic, citrus, and ginger. Our meals are gluten-free and vegetarian-friendly, which has made us creative in our menus. We've worked together to make homemade hummus, cardamom cookies, fragrant Israeli rice, falafel, and stuffed squash, and had a good time doing so. In the book, The Omnivorous Mind, author John S. Allen describes how the smell and taste of food is such an effective trigger for memory. The hippocampus is a region in our brain that has evolved to be vital for holding memories, specifically autobiographical and spatial memories. But the hippocampus is multifaceted. It also has strong connections to parts of our brain that process emotions and smells, and has direct access to our digestive system, containing receptors that regulate appetite and eating behavior. Finding food was such an essential task for our hunter-gatherer ancestors that their brains developed to associate food reward with specific game trails, types of plants and berries, times of the year, and feelings of safety and contentment, or scarcity and sickness. I've noticed that during these last five weeks, while we are at home during the pandemic, I am making meals that take me back to my childhood. Cheeseburgers and french fries, pot roast, and chicken and rice have been everyday dinners. We've also had bazooka gum in our house, uh, the gum I would get after swimming lessons during the summer when I was in elementary school. Likely during this time of stress and uncertainty, I am reaching for memories of childhood, when things were a little less complicated and thoughts of a global pandemic were non-existent. Our gospel story is one of the more famous ones, often, often called the Walk to Emmaus. It could just as easily be called the Meal in Emmaus. In our lesson, Jesus joins two people, likely two of his followers, as they walk from Jerusalem to the village of Emmaus. The three talk about the previous week and weekend, the festival of Passover, the uproar over Jesus of Nazareth, the crucifixion, and rumors of his resurrection. Jesus goes about explaining the meaning of these events, all the while going unrecognized by his traveling companions. As they near the village, the two invite Jesus for dinner. When they sit down together, Jesus grabs the bread, blesses it, breaks it, and immediately the two recognize him. It's interesting that this story tells us something about Jesus, but also gives us insight into our shared humanity. Perhaps it's hard to recognize certain truths in life unless they are experienced. Jesus takes several hours to explain the history, theology, and meaning of what had just transpired in Jerusalem, and still his companions fail to recognize him. We've all certainly sat through classes, speeches, and, yes, sermons that I'm sure were written and performed with great inspiration and insight. Maybe these expositions even answered some of life's biggest questions thoughtfully and succinctly, but we left the classroom, the rally, or the church none the wiser. But then, at a meal, Jesus picked up a loaf of bread, and he prayed, thanking God for the provision, and he broke it and gave it to his companions. And I can imagine that they held the broken bread and could smell it. And when they took that first bite, memories and emotions returned. Perhaps these travelers were at the Last Supper in the Upper Room just a few days ago. Or maybe they were present at one of the miraculous feeding events in Jesus's ministry. Perhaps they had shared a meal with him previously, when he had done the same. Simple movements, really. He picked up the bread, offered a short prayer of thanksgiving, broke it and passed it around. They remembered who this person was, how he made them feel, and what all of this could mean. We are living in a time when the basics of life are appreciated differently. Some of us are going on walks every day, to stay moving and get a change of scenery. Perhaps we see things we've never noticed or feel the ground under our feet in some new way. Many of us are cooking more, um, some even finding proficiency in the kitchen or realizing that cooking can be enjoyable. Maybe the smells and taste bring back memories, or we know that memories of this strange time will be triggered by the food we are making now. Talking is a little different these days too. We are using the phone more, connecting with people in different ways. Early in the pandemic, some folks in our church took on the big task of calling or connecting with everyone in our contact database. The feedback has been interesting. Some have noticed that they've gotten to know fellow parishioners better as a result of this exercise. For some, these phone conversations have gone much deeper than the cordial small talk often associated with coffee hour, or even gathering in small groups. People have been invited into the lives of others, and have felt the desire to share lives with others. In a new way, something wonderful is being revealed. Even now, during a pandemic, something beautiful is still being revealed. Even now, we are experiencing truths that are changing our lives and communities forever. The unfolding of God's divine light and call for renewal is happening even today in our homes, in the breaking of bread, over the phone, and in the early signs of spring. May our eyes be opened so we can bear witness to what God is doing in our lives today. Amen. God of great wonders, we join with you in continued celebration of the love and hope of our Easter faith. Through the stories of Jesus' resurrection, we are reminded that there is no place where your love cannot reach, and even in death, you bring streams of new life. Because of the pandemic, we continue to be away from each other, separated from our communities and loved ones. Comfort us and give us hope as we await a time when we can see each other face to face. Be with those in power and all those who hold authority over others. Give them strength and wisdom and your sense of justice, so all may be cared for and treated with dignity during this time. Be with our communities that work diligently to stay connected and foster relationships in new ways. Be with first responders and medical personnel that work on the front line of this outbreak. Keep them healthy in mind and body and give them due rest. Be with those that are ill and all in distress. Ease the pain of those suffering and be present with those that are dying. Comfort families that cannot be with sick loved ones now and be with us. There are people and places on our hearts and minds right now. Hear our prayers and petitions during this moment of silence. Keep us through all of these challenges and give us some new way of living out your story of new life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Life is short, and we do not have long to gladden the hearts of those around us. So be quick to love, and do good to your neighbor, and allow God to journey with you all of your days. Go now in peace.